1: Win. Learn how at chrichmond.org.
0: Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners.
2: Goldilocks Productions presents the Live from Little Bear Sanctuary Show with Christopher Vane. Enjoy topics such as the vegan lifestyle, sanctuary media highlights, and spotlighting new
3: rescues. Hey, happy Friday, friends. Uh, it is Friday, October 30th. It's Halloween weekend. Um, <clears throat> welcome to Live from Little Bear Sanctuary. I'm your host, Chris Vane. And tonight, I gotta I gotta tell everybody, tonight at 8 p.m on Goldilocks Productions. Um, we're all going to be doing uh, a spoof on Hollywood Squares. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it's uh, it's going to be Halloween Squares. It should be a lot of fun. It's uh, 8 p.m. tonight, same channel you find me. And uh, I hope you guys will tune in. It should be a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> uh, what do I got? I got some news today. Let's let's catch up with some news. And then I'm going to bring on my guest. Um, <clears throat> If you're watching today, um, let me actually, let me turn on people's comments so I can see who's here. Um, there we go. All right. So if you're watching live, say hello. Uh, if this is your first time here, make sure you log in, uh, get yourself a YouTube account, Facebook account, so you can interact with us, say hello, <clears throat> ask questions. Um, we really enjoy the uh, the feedback. Um, a lot of you guys have reached out to me on social media, and uh, you've told me, um that you've been really enjoying the show and i guess i really appreciate that um we're 2 months in i'm learning still and uh you know if you've been following my journey it's it's been quite interesting um if you if you want to catch any of our shows on demand uh you can find us on youtube and periscope on the goldilocks productions network make sure you hit the subscribe button and and like the episodes too um we'd love to see who's watching um you know comment like subscribe um i got the stats for september which was my first month and i correct me if i'm wrong tiffany tiffany's my producer we had over 2400 viewers for the month of september i saw that number and i was like wow what a great um what a great month my first couple of shows, yeah, 2,400 viewers um, in our first month. So thank you guys. Um, super excited about that. Um, again, you know, log in, say hello. We'd love to see who's here. Um, yeah, Tiffany says happy dance. Definitely. A <laughs> uh, couple more announcements. We have a new director of communications. I'm really excited about this. Um, uh, as you guys know, I'm my schedule has been insane these past. Couple of years, <laughs> and uh, I, I think when when I decided to do this show, I um, I kind of figured I needed extra help, and I'm one of those people who who doesn't tend to reach out to others for help. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to have uh, Kimberly Panzarella as our new director of communications. She is going to take over all of the um, sponsor and animal stuff, the social media stuff. Um, you guys also might know her. She's on our board of directors. Uh, she's also the owner of uh, FTLA Apparel, which, um, you know, I always wear one of her shirts in the episodes. This is one of her shirts. Um, and I'm saying, um, and I'm going to be conscious of it today because of my guest. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, congratulations, Kim. I'm, I'm so happy you're helping us out. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Um <clears throat> We have, uh, if you're already sponsoring an animal, you know, we've kind of been a little slow with uh, getting those out. Uh, We just revamped the website. We've revamped um, all of our social media. Um, If you haven't gotten an update yet, you should have. Uh, I know we sent out a lot of letters. I really appreciate everybody's patience and and appreciate everybody's support. You guys have been really phenomenal. Tiffany gets the video of the day together. Uh, (laughs) um, I I, I like to show a video every week of what I do in the morning here. And uh, this morning I decided to uh, share uh, my little first morning out. Uh, I let um, Tater and here it comes. This is what your doors look like when you live on a sanctuary, by the way. So (laughs) So this is Tater and Jimmy. Tater, you guys know Tater. Look at how big he's getting. Tater came here at two pounds, and he's he's almost four months old now, and he's probably at 40 pounds. He's, he's, he's getting big. This little girl right here in the front, this is Daisy. Daisy needs a sponsor, by the way, if anybody wants to sponsor her. And we just found out probably within the last two weeks that Daisy is pregnant, and uh, we think that a wild boar got into the sanctuary because all of our boys are neutered. So she's very pregnant. And <laughs> this is little Jimmy. Uh, if you'll notice his back, he's got scarring on his back. He he was a pretty sad story. Um, oh, this little guy is Tarski. <laughs> um, uh, Jimmy, as you know, he... Um, he somebody poured a caustic substance on his back, uh, and uh, he was picked up by Lee County. Uh, his back was open from tail to head. Really sad story, but he's doing really well now, as you guys can see. This is Peppa, and this boy. This is one of my favorite boys here. This is Pig Pig. Look at that smile, guys. <laughs> if if that smile doesn't put a smile on your face, then then I don't know what will. So, and he loves to smile. I'm literally asking him to smile here. Look at those teeth. Look at that smile. So that that was my morning. And uh, I'm going to bring on my, my guest today is uh, Brendan. I'm, I'm going to butcher your last name. What's your, let's pronounce your last name for me. You can just
2: say Brendan from MasterTalk. But if I'm being honest, no, Chris, sorry, it's really Brendan hard to follow up
3: after that. All right. <laughs> um, my, my guest today is Brendan from MasterTalk. Um, he's the founder of MasterTalk. It's a YouTube channel that he started to help the world master the art of public speaking and communications. He coaches purpose driven entrepreneurs on how to master their message and share their ideas with the world. You can find him on uh, YouTube at master talks with the S right. Um, On Instagram, he's master your talk and his website is MasterTalk.ca. Welcome Brendan. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you reaching out to me. you reached out to me via Matchmaker. Uh, if if you don't know what that site is, it's a site that matches uh, podcast guests with podcasters. Uh, great resource for anybody who's thinking about doing this. Um, <clears throat> you're in Montreal. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I love Montreal. I used to go a couple times a year.
2: Awesome. Where are uh, you based?
3: Uh, I'm in Florida. Yeah. Do they still have uh, Hotel de la there? Yeah, they do. they do. They do. That's where I used to stay. Uh, oh, I love I that. A lot, of, a, lot, a lot of great memories in Montreal. We still go like, gosh, I'm originally from New York, so we used to go a couple times a year. It's a lot of fun. Very nice. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of MasterTalk's YouTube channel I started to help people with their communication skills and how I got started, Chris. So when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. <laughs> well, other guys my age are going to play in football or rugby or baseball, things I never really was into. I used the same competitive spirit and applied it to presentations. So in uni, I probably did hundreds of presentations, coached dozens of people on communication. So when I joined the corporate world, I kind of just asked myself, what do I do with my life now? How do I add more value to society and I realized that a lot of the communication information on YouTube was really bad, so I started making videos. In my mother's basement. One thing led to another, and here we are today.
3: Yeah, um, I've been watching your videos. I got to say they are uh, they're they're really wonderful. Um, it's it is great to find such a, a helpful resource on YouTube. Like you said, there's so much garbage on there. Um, what what did, what? To that what made you um, what made you want to share your videos with the world? What 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 was what what's about? Tell me about that a little bit. <clears throat>
2: yeah, me. for sure. I think it's more of a, a value thing, like in the sense of I never wanted to be on YouTube, and you know, I thought that was for like very wealthy people. It's like I don't want to be a YouTuber. What is this thing? I don't want to be a part of this. I just want to be an executive at a company, make some money, have a great oh, family, right. and then die. You know, live the regular American slash uh, Canadian life. But one of my friends came up to me and he asked me this question that I didn't have a good answer to. And the question was, do you have time to coach everybody? Like if everybody stood in line, the people who need your help and paid you a thousand dollars an hour to coach, would you have time to go through all of those people in your lifetime? The short answer is no. So when I understood that and I thought about people who had great ideas, like what you're doing with the sanctuary is honestly phenomenal and inspiring so for the thousands of people like you, for the thousands of people who have cupcake recipes that they want to share with people or a YouTube channel they want to share, who is being the bridge to those people and those ideas? That's when I realized I needed to be that person. So that was the inspiration. It's about, like you said, you know, do, sometimes you just got to do things because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> true, true.
3: Um, uh, I know one of my biggest challenges with public speaking or doing this video podcast is, um, is um. I I literally I, I watch the videos back, you know, and I cringe every time I say um. I, I say it a lot. I've been really trying to be more um aware. It's it's, it's a really hard thing for me. And I watch all some of your us. videos about it. Um, for all you for is it for all of us? I I um give some helpful hints. I feel like I feel like this podcast is for me today. For, forget everybody else. <laughs> you're like my personal. You're like my personal coach today. So, <laughs> of course. that's
2: that's what I hope to be for everybody.
3: But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
2: let's let's first understand, Chris. Why do we say filler words in the first place? The answer is simple. Whenever we forget what we want to say next, because this happens to all of us, including me. Right. I'm not some genius. Right? I'm just a dude in a mat on a mattress in a basement. It's all good. Right. <laughs> The key is when we forget what we want to say, we use filler words to buy time. So let's say you ask me a question. You said, Brennan, what do you think about this? I would go, uh, uh, let me. Uh, oh, right, this is what I'm trying to say. We use filler words to buy that space. But what the great speakers do, it's not smarter than us. They're not more unique. They're not special. The only thing they do is the space that they use to buy time to figure out what to say next, they replace it with nothing absolutely nothing. So that the effect is the same, but there's no filler words this time. So how do we fix that? How do we get better? There's a trick that I have that lets you get better at this really fast, but it's extremely uncomfortable. And the trick is called long stares. Essentially what you do is you go to somebody that you like, right, in your house or some place where you're around, and you just stare at somebody for three to five minutes And you can blink, but you're not allowed to say anything. Most people can't do that. And let me explain why this matters. If you can do that for three to five minutes, when you go back to your 15-second, 20-second, or even three-second pauses in your presentations, which is more natural, you're going to be a lot more comfortable in a conversation like this, in a presentation, to pause instead of saying ums and ahs. But if you're not comfortable pausing for very long periods of time, it's going to be much harder for you to do that.
3: Great advice. I'm going to start breathing more and, uh, and pausing.
2: Right. And if I use an analogy with what you're doing at the sanctuary, you know, it's a lot easier to manage one pig at the beginning. <laughs> and go, how do I do this thing? Like, I've never taken care of a pig before. <laughs> and then now you're very, you're like, who cares? I could have 20 in this sanctuary. It's not a big deal because you started with that small thing first. Same analogy applies with public speaking. Don't get boggled down, but oh, I got to focus on the 75 different tips on Brendan's channel. said it's more about, okay, Brendan said that if I pause for three minutes, it's going to be easier for me to pause for three seconds. And if I can pause for three seconds... The number of filler words will go down dramatically. So let's start with that.
3: Sounds good. I'll try to do that more. Practice makes perfect, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you have recorded over 500 videos. Um, tell me about... Um, introverts versus extroverts. Uh, I know you're an extrovert. I've been watching your videos. Uh, I'm almost halfway through. Uh, um, wow. I plan on watching them all. They're really phenomenal resources. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank no, you. No, seriously. They're phenomenal. Um, it's really, uh, it's, it's given me the, uh, it's given me a moment to pause and actually think about what I have to say to people, um, how important it is for me to present a show that people want to watch every Friday. It's an hour show every Friday. It's a huge commitment. And, um, a lot of it, I think, uh, is something I've inherently known just from life and to hear it in your, um, in your, uh, YouTube, uh, programs. It kind of just a lot of stuff reiterated with me, uh, On, I'm an introvert in case you didn't know. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and you talk about introverts and you talk about extroverts and, uh, you, um, you, you make a point of saying, uh, introverts are really good listeners. And, uh, and you know, I, it was, it was a lot of, to hear it from your perspective, I, I really, it, it, it helped me as an, as an introvert, um, um, um <laughs> I <want> to, uh <laughs> yeah uh it, it's helped me a lot with what I have to say um how I want to say it and um and that my that I, I do bring value to my Friday shows so you're an extrovert you love to talk is that what brought you to all of this I know you said you know you've did it you've done it in high school you You know, is this one of your, would you say this is your
2: passion? Right. So, so let's kind of talk about the opposite case. I actually hated public speaking my whole life. (laughs) Let me explain why. The reason is because since you're very familiar with Montreal, I'll I'll just educate everyone else who's listening. Montreal is one of the few cities in the world where most people in the city speak more than one language because French is a required language within the city. So most people speak three languages, two languages. So when I was growing up in the city, well, my parents looked at me and asked me the obvious question or rather statement, you need to learn French. So I got put into a French education system, which of course ended up being hugely beneficial to my life. But the process wasn't fun. Not only was I uncomfortable with presentations like most of us, but I had to present in a language I didn't even know. So so let's say you picture me in grade one as a seven-year-old. I'm looking at the crowd going, uh, uh, bo- bonjour, And that was my life for the first decade of my education until I went to university and found a love for public speaking. So yeah, you're right. Even if I am extroverted, when it came to presentations anyways, for sort of most of it, didn't matter if I was an extrovert. When you don't know the language, life is challenging. <laughs> so,
3: I, so I wasn't yeah. very good at public speaking growing up. <laughs> Yikes. Um, I think most people are afraid of public speaking. Um, and, uh, uh, let's, let's talk about podcasts, um, especially video podcasts versus, um, uh, sound podcasts, uh, it, <clears throat> you, um, you talk about, um, should you, um, fake it until you make it? Tell me about that. Of course. Happy to.
2: No, the answer is definitely don't fake it till you make it. I hate that advice. But let me explain who it does apply to. It applies to people who love being somebody else's career. Let's say you're somebody listening right now who's a professional actor. You're someone who likes to do theater. You're someone whose job you take pleasure in playing other people's roles. Then fake it till you make it applies perfectly to you. But unfortunately for most of us, that's like point one. 0.5, point five 0.5, like 1% of everyone else out there. Most people are uncomfortable being, being other people. We're uncomfortable trying to be other people that we're not. And that uh, actually damages us emotionally. So when we apply that type of advice to public speaking, most of us give up. They're like, oh, I got to be fake. I got to be this other person. Let me just not practice the skill, which is not what I want for <laughs> people. Whereas I'm putting all this effort in these videos. No, I don't want you to just stop practicing. Let's find a better remedy. So what's the remedy? The remedy, like any skill, Chris, is celebrate the small wins over time. If I were to summarize public speaking and why it's challenging, is it's like juggling a bunch of balls at the same time, like 18 of them. Where you got to do eye contact, you got to not say any filler words, you got to be engaging, you got to do all these things at the same time. When I started speaking, I definitely was not doing all those things at the same time. So the trick is, you want to celebrate one ball at a time. Let's start with eye contact. Let's see if I can maintain my eye contact with Chris in the camera for a long period of time. That's it. If I get that right, I win. Next presentation. Okay, now I got the eye contact stuff, right? How about we say 10% less filler words? Not 100%, not 75%, just 10%. And then we get better, 20%, 30%. Next thing, over and over again. And slowly, that confidence allows us to be incredible speakers. And I'll give you the easiest trick in the book that anybody can implement tomorrow for any presentation. I call it the puzzle method. So public speaking is like a jigsaw puzzle, Chris. You know those thousand-piece puzzles you kind of put together with your family. I guess now we're doing that more often since we can't really do anything else except maybe for you. You got a pretty cool life with the sanctuary and everything. <laughs> but I guess for most of us, it doesn't apply. But if I asked you, Chris, let's say you were doing a puzzle, which pieces would you start with first, and why?
3: I would start with the outer pieces because they're perfectly, you know, they're a perfect line.
2: Right. I completely agree with you. Right. So starting with the corner piece is the right way of thinking about puzzles. So the question you need to ask ourselves is why don't we do that in presentations? We have a presentation, a podcast, some, some form of medium that we want to present to, but, We start with the middle pieces first. We shove a bunch of content. We're like, what do I need to talk about? What do I need to talk about? Then we get to the presentation. We get to the last slide, and it sounds something like this. "Uh, Yeah, so uh, thanks. (laughs) That's probably 97%. This is an example of something that we can fix easily. Like the easy fixes. Like celebrating the small wins versus fake a team make it. Why do I think it's easy? It's easy because... Every presentation you tackle for the rest of your life, think of it like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the corners first. Do the introduction 50 times, not three times, not five times, 50 times. It'll only take you an hour. It won't take you that long. Same thing with the conclusion. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? A terrible movie. Yeah. Same thing, 50 times. You'll have practiced two hours. Not long, not two days here, not two, two hours. And in mm-hmm. those two hours just doing those corner pieces first, those edges will cl- convince you very quickly that you actually are an incredible communicator. And once that mindset pieces in, you win. You're going to go to the stars. Great advice. Great
3: advice. Good morning, Elizabeth. Elizabeth uh, just logged in. I missed you last week, Elizabeth. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in today. Are you going to be there tonight? Let's we'll see if she answers. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I hope you'll be there tonight, Brian. <laughs> what's happening today? Oh, right, the news that you're saying, uh, Hollywood Squares. Um, yeah. Um, so I have a lot. It's it's funny when I I've been reaching out to um what's a good word? I don't want to say bigger celebrities. I I've, I'm at the point now where I'm reaching out to more known people in the vegan community and life in general, um, people who I normally would never approach. That's but, awesome. uh, yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been interesting. And I'm amazed how some of them are really, you know, very open to doing the show. Uh, I always feel like, Oh gosh, you know, I've only been doing this two months. Uh, I, I, uh, what are they going to think? They'd have never heard of my show. They'd never heard of me. You know, they're going to probably check out some of my horrible moments on previous shows. And, uh, and I, um, though I, you know, the worst thing they can say is no. Right. But uh, um, give me some helpful hints on approaching some of these bigger people. I know, you know, you listen to some pretty amazing podcasts uh, with some uh, really amazing uh, well-known people uh how would you approach something like that what would you other than just ask
2: absolutely so there's there's actually a secret technique to this pretty easy oh good here's here's the secret to podcast especially if you plan on doing this for a long time which seems to be the case all you need is one famous person to say yes why do i think that because the second you get somebody famous on Every other pitch that you make includes that person. So let's say you reach out to vegan person number two, who's very well known in the community. You don't pitch them and say, hey, Chris, uh, Chris, have a show. And uh, can you join? No, you're like, no, we'd love to have you on. We actually had your friend because all the top people know each other, right? Yep. All the top. people. That's just standard in any industry. And then you just say, well, actually, I had the founder of Master Talk on, hopefully. Hopefully, I've reached a level where you could use me as a helping. And then you go, same thing. And I've had this this amazing vegan celebrity on. Then it, what this does is it creates status with your show. And then very quickly, one turns into two, which turns into four, which turns into eight. That's one part. All you need is one famous person to say yes, which means you message a 100. I, I, I would be very surprised. That if you message 100 celebrities in this space, none of them say yes. I would be very shocked. It wouldn't take you that long. I'm pretty sure you get at least one yes. Second part of that, which is equally important, is how do you 10x the guest experience? So what you want to do, and you're doing this very well with me, by the way, Chris. So it's like real-time feedback in the sense that you've clearly done a lot of homework on me. You've been watching a lot of my videos. You point out all the tips, and I'm like, wow, okay, this guy's like really well-researched. But now we want to push that to the next level, especially not for me, but for the people in your community where you know what they're t- like, you know, their stuff right? you know what their diets are, you know, everything to so ask some very specific, granular questions that only you would be able to ask them that I wouldn't be able to, even if I did a lot of research on them. So what happens is you're showing how thoughtful you are to that guest. And they're going to say, wow, Chris, you are such a thoughtful, amazing, see, we already know that you are that, but the guest doesn't know that yet because they don't know you, right? So I know that now. So like, it's cool, but we, they don't. So then, and then at the end of the conversation, they go, wow, Chris, like, you're such an incredible guy. And you can ask questions. I'm giving you like the secrets. Here. You can ask questions like, how can I make this the best interview that you ever had? What is one question that you always wanted to answer, Laura, right? That you never got to answer yet. That no interviewer has asked. I would love the privilege to ask you. This is the secret sauce. Because after Laura, I'm just using Laura as an example. Laura has an amazing experience. And you say, hey, Laura, you know, I'm trying to create this movement, you know, trying to increase the brand for the sanctuary, get more people to sponsor animals. It's not about you. It's about your movement. Do you know anyone else in your circle that would be that would love to come on? I would love to to, to give them this platform. Laura's going to say, well, Chris, here's the seven people that I know in this space. Go meet them. That's the secret.
3: Great. Thank you. That's awesome. Of course. I got you, man. <laughs> uh, You talk about karaoke. I, I I cringe. I cringe when I think about karaoke. Um, and uh, if I'm ever in Montreal, I'm going to look you up and we're going to do karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously. That's what I'm about. Uh, why karaoke? That's I mean, like asking I
2: why sanctuary? So it's like... <laughs> <if> I- <laughs> Right in, in the same way, you know, this is fascinating. great. Right? in the same way, you think me karaokeing in eight different languages is so bizarre, but not bizarre, but rather cool in a weird way. I think that's a better word of am using. Yeah. I think it's really cool in a weird way that you got like 17 pigs that you wake up to, and I'm just like, what? Why would people do that? So, but I'm happy to serve me. So, so what happened was a lot of my friends who who, who come from an Asian background, uh, the culture is very different there. So when they go out, they don't really go to a bar. Right, or like get drinks and like talk. What they do instead is they use the same hours and they go sing songs, not very well, particularly. <laughs> they still order the same food and the same stuff as everyone else, but the experience is very different. So, when I was in college, a lot of my friends just happened to be from that uh, Asian, South Asian descent. So, kind of just said, Hey, man, you want to hang out tonight? I was like, Yeah, what, what? Are you guys going to a bar or something? They're like, "Uh, No, 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 we're going to go karaoke. And I just went, <laughs> like, I just went What? Wait. Did I, did I get that correctly? You're going to go sing? Then, yeah, you should come. So obviously I said no. I was like, who wants to do that? <laughs> but then they asked me for the fifth time, the sixth time, and I just said, what the heck? I mean, they keep seeing the food's really – and the food was really good at this karaoke place. I don't know what they're doing with the food there, but it was really good. But anyway, as I get there, and they start singing, songs. they start switching languages. I don't know. I just fell in love with that. I was like, this is so much fun. I do the same thing with dancing. By the way, I go to clubs and I dance for seven hours straight. I don't drink. By the way, for those who are listening, but I just love going out there and just busting out some moves. So, so yeah, I'm pretty crazy, I guess. Yeah,
3: that was gonna be my next question about the dance, but you are already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. But I guess the biggest thing you do sir.
3: karaoke, and of course, we got to touch on theater too, because I mean, theater is definitely a big part of what I do, what you do. Um, Touch on theater a little bit. Yeah, I'm from New York a- City, so I love the theater. I've yeah, you know Broadway. seen every Broadway play, I've off Broadway, so you know even I, I love like those one man productions where somebody can get up and do a show for an hour and a half by themselves, and oh. it's what an incredible. I mean, I wish I could do that.
2: That's amazing, man.
3: No, thanks for sharing. So I guess just to make this educational for the group, let
2: let me kind of talk a bit about what I learned from karaoke that applies to presentation. (laughs) So the big learning there, after the fact, obviously, I wasn't a genius that kind of figured this out beforehand. It was more when I reflected. Karaoke is one of the few environments in the world that gives you permission to be loud. So let's say you're an introvert. In most social settings, you're not really being told that you should speak louder. So let's say you're at an event. Your general intuition is to say, let me just listen to everyone else and make them feel good and give them space. But you don't really want to be loud yourself. So you're not practicing your vocal cords enough for public speaking. But in karaoke, especially if you do it with me, I don't sure. hog the mic. I hate hot mic hoggers. My goal is to make sure everyone is singing, especially the quietest person in the room. So I would get you. Yeah. You know. To, so, so at the beginning, you're be like, oh, Brennan, I don't want to do this. But three hours into it, you're going to be you're like yelling, right? But in, the, in, but in this social setting, nobody – they actually want you to yell. They don't go, hey, Chris, uh, you should stop yelling. No, they go, keep going. Like keep going because there's like soundproof. Like it's it's very really well set up at these karaoke places. So you have permission to be loud. That's one thing. Second thing with karaoke is very important is it's the best, fe- best place I found, like the best way to practice pronunciating words pronouncing words so let's say so in my case i can karaoke in eight different languages but i speak three so when i sing in korean wow. i obviously have no clue what i'm saying but what happens is because i'm able to pronounce words so notice how i just switched to french i have no accent when i switch languages that's practice so what happens is when you practice languages you don't know and you go back to the languages you do know your pronunciation in those languages gets better a lot quicker. And this is a lot more fun than waking up every day and doing this. I like oranges. I like apples. Like you won't be able to do that for very long. You'll get bored after a couple of days. So karaoke has been the funnest and entertain- most entertaining way to practice your pronunciation, how you pronunciate word- pronounce words very quickly and efficiently. That's one. For dance so many things i learned from dance but i think the biggest thing is the courage that you have to get on a dance floor. once again i'm not a good dancer i'm not a good singer i'm a great communicator but when it comes to those two things definitely not usually we got to go bring some hip-hop dance here but this is not definitely not my alley but because i'm insane on the dance floor i do some weird stuff i can transition that confidence into my presentations and everything else that i do because i get bust a move and not care what everyone else thinks for seven hours when it comes to my presentation, my podcast appearances, I, I can speak very confidently and with a lot of energy because I don't really mind what other people think of me because I've already done the harder thing. That's why I recommend dance. Even if you're just dancing a little bit, right? You don't need to be good at this thing, just a little bit. Then over time, you could be a bit uh, crazy like me. So now for theater. Lots of things I learned from theater. So once again, I'm not a theater expert. So once again, that's the key, right? I'm not an expert in any of these things. It's pulling from different industries and how to apply it with us. So for me, the biggest lesson is to learn to fall in love with disaster. Once well, like took an improv class once, a couple of times, actually. And what they did that was so interesting is at the end of the session, it was like a free session, they would hold a show for the public, for people to watch. And these people who are in these workshops weren't doing these for like years or a couple of months. It was the first or second session. And they would take volunteers from the class to do the show. And what shocked me, I never raised my hand, but most people would just be like, Yeah, I want to be a part of the show. I was like, why would you? This is crazy. <laughs> like this is coming from the, the presentation guy. I was like, why would you ever do improv without practicing? And that was the beauty of what they taught me was in presentations and in life, you're gonna be throwing a bunch of left-hand hooks. A bunch of things that you didn't anticipate. Your slides might not work. They might even forget that you have a presentation to give at this time. You might be late for the presentation, traffic. Anything can happen. But if you practice and learn to fall in love with that disaster, you'll be a master of it.
3: Great. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I love improv. I've never done it. I've always wanted to you know, sign up. But definitely weird times now. You have to dance in your house, right?
2: Oh, yeah, it sucks.
3: I, I used to you love are. dancing
2: at clubs, but it's okay. I dance at home with my sister. Yeah, you dance at home.
3: Karaoke, what do you do? Is it like Zoom karaoke? No, I'm, I just sing alone. <laughs> it's
2: kind of sad, but oh, maybe God. I should do a Zoom karaoke.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so I guess it's all about storytelling, right? Oh, was that a question? You That's a question. It's all about storytelling. You know, whether whether you're doing a speech, whether you're um, whether you're screaming karaoke, um, I I is it all it's all about telling a story, right? Right. But the one caveat I like to
2: add here is storytelling is very complex. I don't know why people always go, you know, a lot of experts out there, not you Chris, but people go, You need a master storytelling. But we're just looking at them, saying, "What does that even mean, man?" Right? That's like saying you should all have an animal sanctuary. But you're <laughs> looking at those people and like, "What does that mean?" You know, that means different things for different people. Some people have commitments. You have to figure. Same thing with storytelling. Let's start with the basics. Why is storytelling difficult? The reason it's difficult is because it's vague. It doesn't mean watching Disney movies all the time and taking notes. It doesn't mean watching Brendan give talks and his podcasts and seeing what they can take for them. No, no, no. Storytelling is complex. That's why the first step to storytelling is focusing on the foundational skills first. If you have a great story, Chris, and you communicate it like the, uh, so once upon a time, you're just like, whoa, like, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear this story. So start with the basics. Eye contact, ums and ahs, filler words. You guys, still practice your stories. Maybe write them out first. And then talk at them. Say, okay, once upon a time. And then get better with the foundational elements of public speaking. And then you'll start to build the intuition for good storytelling. It took me years to get to a place now where I'm kind of crazy and explaining my ideas in a a thought-provoking way. At least I hope I am anyways. But the idea is it's a journey to get there. You start at the beginning by saying, okay, I have this animal sanctuary. What are people saying about it? What is it about this idea that I have that people love? That's why the first tip I have to storytelling is not practicing storytelling, it's have long dinner conversations with the people who are watching you. So the people who are watching you now, Chris, have you spoken to each of those individual people one-on-one for an hour? Most people don't take that time. But it's that time that allows you to figure out what your idea is and more importantly, why the idea even matters in the first place. Because all of us as content creators, we have this issue at the beginning, Chris, which is... I have this idea and I think it's stupid. And I'm not an exception to this rule. When I started MasterTalk, I thought it was the dumbest idea on earth. Who in the world is going to listen to public speaking content? What? Everyone thinks public speaking is a bad and boring thing. So I thought it was dumb. But when I had like 14 subscribers, I knew those 14 people. They were my friends. And they wouldn't lie to me. Some of them would. Not all of them. (laughs) People who weren't were like, hey, Brendan, I'm watching all your videos. And I would say... Tell me why. Like, why are you? (laughs) Because it was in my basement with the phone, right? They go, well, Brendan, this tip, this tip. And they started, like, talking about it. I was like, oh, these people actually are watching my videos. And that's when I understood why the impact, where the impact was coming from. And that's how I built stories around those topics.
3: Awesome. Yeah, I I really do enjoy your videos. Um, I feel we're, like... um we're all on a journey together. We're all learning. Uh, and, uh, and I, and I'm, I'm, it's nice to find a resource that's free. You know, everything right now is about, you know, well, how can I make money on this? And, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's great that you, you know, make this available. I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. So that's all that matters. Right. Right.
2: And just to push on this, because, because you're right here. So it's an amazing example is your and we're sorry, I'm as much as the student as I am the teacher. For example, Chris, when I started the YouTube channel, you're the last person I thought that would watch (laughs) my videos. I didn't even know there was such a thing as annual sanctuary until like Tiger King, but they all do it wrong, right? I know you do it in the right way, so I don't want to compare you to them. But you get what I mean in the sense of like, I never would have thought like, Somebody who is the owner of an annual stand is using my videos to communicate their ideas better to the world. So it's adding an extra layer to my own thing. I was like, wow, I guess the impact I'm making is bigger than I thought. So it's the same thing. We And in the same way you're learning from me, learn from the other people. And this is true for everybody. Learn for everyone who's listening to you. And then your ideas will mold slowly over time and get better. Awesome.
3: Wilma says, oh, <laughs> hey, Wilma, good morning. Wilma's one of our volunteers here. She says, awesome. start with, start with uh, merengue, I guess.
2: <laughs> I, For the record, I actually don't have a – because people ask me that sometimes. They're like, are you a dancer? Like, what type of – stuff? no, no, no. I just suck, people. Like, I just do <laughs> random – like, I just do this, literally, on the screen. I just do this. And, like, I just do, re- like, really bad stuff, so – dance whatever. That stuff is good though. It's, it's, yeah. it's all about
3: it's all about having fun. It's all about Absolutely. having fun. that's the key. Um, so um I really think um and the reason I had you on today is because truly I I do like your stuff. Um I I know a lot of people in the sanctuary world, the vegan world, and um a lot of them are thinking about doing podcasts. Uh they um they're afraid to do public speaking, they're afraid they don't have anything to say that anybody wants to listen to, you know, all the usual stuff Uh, I've actually asked fellow sanctuary people, and I won't name names because you know who you are uh, to be on the show. And they've actually said they're, they're too nervous to be on the show. Mm. And, And I'm thinking, wow. I mean, like I, I see it as an opportunity to get your, you know, get your sanctuary or your vegan product to the world. And uh, and it, even, you know, I, I get nervous doing every show and I, I'm, I'm always surprised when somebody says no.
2: Right. What you mm-hmm. just said there, Chris, by the way, just to make this clear for the audience, was gold. Let me explain why. You said it so clearly. You said, hey, like, I don't get it. Like, why don't people come on the show? I can give them an opportunity. The reason you think that, which is right, by the way, not saying it's wrong, the reason why you think that Versus everyone else, the difference is not intelligence. The difference is perception. Everyone who said no to the show, their perception of public speaking, and it's not their fault. It's the way the education system has taught us for it to be. Because remember, all the presentations we get in our lives are mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Chris, you want to get breakfast and then present all day? (laughs) Nobody says that. But no one ever. Like, no one, except for me, because I was, like, crazy. I was a part of this weird professional sports team for nerds. But for most people in the world, that's not the case. But if you think about 13-year-old Julia, who's an introvert but loves theater, how does that make sense? We asked Julia. We go, Julia, what what is it about theater that you like about it? Because so, our thinking is that Julia wouldn't like theater because she doesn't like public speaking. But she would look at you while she's, like, I don't know, munching a snack or something and go, well, what do you mean, Brendan, Chris? Uh Theater is great. It gives me an opportunity to share an idea, to share something that people will love to entertain people. We go, oh, I see. The perception of public speaking is different for her and you versus everyone else. So the question, the million dollar question of today is how do we flip the switch? How do we get people to see public speaking as a way to make a difference, as a way to share an idea like we're doing right now? Right, we're doing this to benefit other people yeah. versus, oh, I don't want to do this thing. It's a chore. Uh, uh, no. The difference is the following. Your fear always needs to lose to the message. The fear will always be there. Okay, Even for me. I mean, I started mastering when I was 22, Chris. started coaching executives and CEOs of people like yourself when I was 23. I was very insecure when I started. What made the difference? The difference was the fear and the message were in a boxing match together. The fear always loses because the message is so important. I needed to share my videos and my message with people who are younger than me that couldn't afford me or people that were older than me that couldn't afford. I need to be that person despite my fear. That's why you need to make sure that the only way and you need to realize rather the way of overcoming your fear is for it to always lose against the message.
3: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) <laughs> so that's my uh instead of being quiet it's my so word <laughs> uh tell me about charity water absolutely i love that you've really done
2: your homework well this is amazing so yeah, Ch- charity water is, is an organization that i support that helps people gain access to clean drinking water but I think what's, what's fascinating from, from a public speaking perspective is just the CEO himself. I, I think Scott Harrison, despite being a personal hero of mine, he's just a really smart dude. The way that he thinks about storytelling and branding and marketing and how he's able to bring those insights with a very small budget right? because he's a nonprofit and how he's able to use – that budget in the most efficient way to tell stories and to get people involved with this cause. And I think this book, which is thirst by heart Scott Harrison that I recommend to anyone who wants to get better at branding and messaging. And I personally use all the lessons myself and everything that I do works really well for the ideas you want to share with the world. So I highly recommend the read and, and I encourage people to, to check. No, out I'm, I'm looking
3: forward to reading it. I'm glad I, uh, I'm glad you uh, put that up on your, uh, your Instagram stuff. Uh, tell people about charity water. Yeah,
2: of course. So so yeah, so I got involved with with Scott a couple of years ago when when his book launched first came out. And yeah, I, I, the goal in that Charity Water has is is to live in a world where no where everybody has access to clean drinking water. You know what I find crazy about the world Chris is the issue with most problems that we're trying to solve, there's always disagreement on both sides. So let's say you think about gun violence, right? Or gun legalization. Some people will have a point of view on something. Let's say, not to generalize, hardcore Republican would say, you know, it's a First Amendment right, and there's nothing wrong with that. The other side of the coin is also true. Hardcore Democrat, we want to save more lives. But if you ask both of those people, hey, do you think everyone should have a clean drinking you know, glass of water to drink every day? Everyone's going to say yes. So that's what my philosophy in life. It's let's focus on the problems that, yes, that we are passionate about, but also that everyone can agree on. Let's start in the middle. Why do we need to start at the edges? Unlike public speaking, start with the edges with public speaking. (laughs) When it comes to problem solving, let's start in a place where everyone can agree on. Let's start in a place where everyone can say, I agree with this. There are some things we're going to disagree on in, in life, Chris, but at the end of the day, we share the same values we probably listen to the same stuff. We probably share a lot of the same interests because I, I'll definitely get you involved in karaoke sooner or later. <laughs> and then building <laughs> on that. Right? So, so Charity Water is my attempt of saying, look, everyone, we're all going to have our differences, but water should be available to everybody. That's just a basic human right. Let's focus on that problem. Let's not focus on a thousand different problems. Focus on that one problem in the same way. My life is only focused on two. Solve public speaking for the world, which is a big one, but it's the one I'll take ownership of. And the second one is get clean water to everybody. If I can solve those two problems in my lifetime, I think that's a life well lived. Ideally, I'll solve more, but you know, just by focusing on that will probably take a lot of my time. And that's what I want for everybody. For you, it's a sanctuary. For somebody else who's listening, it's another idea. But the key is to focus on one instead of complaining about all of them. That's my solution.
3: Yeah, awesome. Um, you know it's funny when you <clears throat> you know I looked at charity water and a great organization um, charitywater.org I believe is our website. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reading that book and uh, I, I think about and I don't know you know obviously I'm vegan uh, and uh, I don't know if you've watched any vegan documentaries or you know a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the documentaries that deal with the world and saving the world and you know it's all about um the amount of grain and water that's used to raise livestock so much of that it's it's almost i i should have looked up the statistics but you know this just came to my head um you know the the amount of water to make one hamburger is something like 14 that's 000. huge it's 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 crazy and and you know and i and i I, I don't know enough about their organization, but, you know, I think that's, that's a huge issue in the world. Uh, um, it's, it's finally coming to light, uh, factory farming, uh, the, just the amount of land, the amount of water. I mean, it's decimating California. I, I the wildfires, uh, uh, it's, um, I think it's a huge problem. If, if we could just solve that or cut back from that. I. I You know, the water, I don't think we'd have such an issue with water. Um, Anyway, that's my take on it.
2: (laughs) I agree with what you said. Absolutely.
3: Are you vegan? I'm not, but
2: I I respect people who are.
3: Okay. Well, that's good enough. Think about going vegan. Watch watch a good documentary. (laughs) Any final thoughts, Brendan? Absolutely. I would love to share my
2: favorite quote with the world. My favorite quote is as follows. Be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you made it, 49 minutes into this conversation, you probably want to make a difference in the world. You probably want to make a change. So the only advice that matters is the following. If you want to do great things in life, the only path forward is to be insane. Don't you find it odd? that a 22-year-old kid like me started a YouTube channel, not on vlogging or pranks or comedy skits, that's the normal thing to do, but rather on executive communication tips. Then went on to coach those executives a year later, but also still lives in his mother's basement, is literally talking to you on a mattress that he sleeps on, doesn't own a car, doesn't plan on moving out of his parents basement until he's 30, is in all these languages, dances alone, does all these clubbing, and loves Justin Bieber. How do any of these decisions make any sense at all? And that, my friends, is the point. When all of the decisions in your life make sense to the only person that matters, which is you, you're probably making the right decision. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, and that's my take.
3: Thank you for being on my show today. Um, I'm really happy you reached out to me again. Uh, I love your, love your YouTube. Um, I'm going to be continuing to watch. And uh, and um, yeah, thanks for being on my show.
2: Likewise, Chris. Thanks for having right. me. Have a great day. You too, man.
3: Well, I enjoyed that. I hope everybody else did. Good morning, Linnell. How are you today? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start pausing now and stay, instead of saying the word um. <laughs> and so uh, let's see. What are we going to talk about now? i uh, got a couple more announcements. <clears throat> Next week, my guest is going to be Shannon Blair. We're going to try for Second round, Shannon. You better show up. Um, Shannon is an animal activist. Um, She was actually here at the sanctuary on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, I think she was on. uh, Pretty sure it was Tuesday. Um, We went live on uh, Jane Unchained on Facebook. It's a fun video. I actually posted it on our uh, on our Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook. uh, Probably about. Thirty minutes, a lot of fun, um, and thank thank you, Shannon. You know you're always you've always been really helpful to the sanctuary. Shannon is also vegan Evan's mom. Uh, vegan Evan is uh, look up vegan Evan if you don't know who vegan Evan is, then then you just don't know. <laughs> um, all right, I oh, got all my notes all over the place here. I thought I would take a minute today, because we haven't done vegan news in, gosh, in weeks. I found this really great article on seven easy ways to transform your space into a chic vegan home. It's the fall. It's snowing in some places. I know Tiffany got snow today. She's in Connecticut. How crazy is that? I forget that there's snow around the world. Um, Sorry, guys. My comments are all screwed up. Um, Yeah, so I I forget it snows around the world. Um, And I've, I've literally, since I'm stuck at home, and I have some extra help now, which I'm excited about. If you missed the beginning of the show, um, we have a new director of communications, um, Kim Panzarella. And Kim is also, she's been one of our board members since the start. And uh, she's the owner of FTLA Apparel, all my t-shirts. Another, you can see my t-shirt today. Um, we're, we're super excited that she's on board. Um, so now that I have all this extra free time, not I, I finally got a chance to get some paint swatches to try in the house. We've see this yellow color behind me? This yellow color is throughout the entire the entire house. Every single wall in my house is this yellow color. and it's the color of the outside of our house too. I've been staring at this yellow for three years. I can't look at it anymore. We didn't paint a yellow, it came yellow. So I finally got a chance to get some paint samples and I've been doing little swatches all over the house, all over the, the outside of the house, the inside of the house. I finally found some colors I'm gonna use and uh, now I just need the time to paint. So I'm excited that I had some time to do that. And yes, Elizabeth, yay Kim, exactly. Kim, hi Kim. Um, and actually, Kim, I showed Kim the colors. She approves. We were discussing the outside of the color of outside of people's houses, and there should be a there should be a law against certain colors. But uh, you know, Kim, I always appreciate your input. Uh, your um, your uh, um, input. So anyway, so I thought I'd talk today about Do I have enough time? I do have time. Uh, seven easy ways to transform your space into a chic vegan home. Since we're all sitting at home and we have so much to do. Um, I, I, I typed out, I typed out, I printed out these seven steps. I got this information, um, <clears throat> from veg news, great source for all kinds of vegan stuff. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Thank you, Tiffany. Bye-bye yellow. It's true. If it, and Elizabeth said, if it wasn't for COVID, uh, we couldn't have got a group to help you paint. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. Oh my God. I could have a paint party. I'm sure you'd all be lining up for that. (laughs) Anyway, so these seven tips. um, Christine Cavateo is an interior designer and author of Manual Drafting for Interiors, and she practices cruelty free and environmentally sustainable design from her studio in Boston. So these are seven tips on how to transform your space into a chic vegan home. Number one, create breathing room. Especially if you have a small space, if you're stuck in a studio or small apartment, look on the bright side. Smaller dwellings require less energy and resources. Um, She says, of course, that won't negate the fact that you feel like you're living in a shoebox. But um, coming from New York City, I I can definitely relate to that. Uh, She said to make your space more livable, ensure major circulation paths through your home to allow easy travel without feeling squeezed. She said, "You shouldn't have to climb over anything or duck past anything if you're living in a small space. Um, I live in a large space and I find myself having to crawl over things. I, I, I think the more we, the more space we have, the more crap we tend to build up. But uh, um, I've definitely been cleaning, been cleaning stuff out. Um, another thing is make living greener easy. Dedicate counter cabinet space in the kitchen for a compost bin that's conveniently located near the cutting board. Um, Significantly cut plastic consumption by installing a rack for drying rinsed plastic wraps and bags near the sink for convenient reuse. That's a great idea. Um, Invest in longevity. I'm all about longevity. Um, We've got. Five dogs who destroy our couch. So every six months, Randy and I go to uh, Habitat for Humanity, and we have to buy a new couch. <laughs> so uh, she talks about you know buy cruelty-free furnishings that will endure, so you can spare the environment of additional waste. So I, I feel I'm sparing the environment by you know going out to these places and you know taking in a couch that would have otherwise gone in the garbage. But I I wish I could have a nice couch that I didn't have to get rid of every six months. If you've been to my house, you know, oh my God. Um, Give something old a new life. Uh, Think about an easy to clean, an easy to clean gleaming hardwood floor or table by reclaimed wood from old buildings that have been fashioned into new furniture or flooring. The choice Not only to save trees, but it also results in beautiful wood floors and rich color and a bold figure that's not seen in wood from immature trees. Pay attention to what is on the inside of soft goods. Uh, And she says, it's relatively easy to avoid animal hide, upholstery or the Angora goat throw. But what about the environmentally harmful materials inside your sofa or cushions? And, you know, it's funny, I've always looked at the labels on pillows, especially pillows, uh, uh, comforters. You know, check out what's inside. Um, You'd be surprised. A lot of it is animal feathers uh, or just some kind of um, nasty filler. Um, uh, There's a lot of sustainable uh, products out there now that um, are made from bamboo. Um, Revive the revive your space with a non-toxic paint, which is actually what we're looking into. I'm super excited about that. They're a lot more expensive, but you know, a lot of these paints, you know, you're, you're smelling the chemicals. It's bad for the environment. Um, <clears throat> and the seventh one, be clear about your design and vegan values. You know, think about, you know, when you're shopping for redesign, communicate your objective with the people you're buying from. Um and and don't be afraid to to ask those questions. Is it vegan? What's in this? You know, um, you, you you would be surprised how many uh, fake leather products are actually just leather from a different animal, as opposed to your standard, you know, your cow leather or you know something more obvious like alligator or something. Um, a lot of a lot of <clears throat> pieces made outside of the country or in other countries, they can use dog leather, for instance, and and it'll say, you know. It, it'll tell you on it that it's it's not it's it's faux leather, but it's actually from a dog, and it happens a lot, believe it or not. So those are those are uh, those are some tips for uh, bringing in the the winter um, more sustainably. Oh, it's one oh one. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, I had a blast. Thank you, Brendan. Um, you really gave me some great advice. Uh, uh, if you if if you want to check out Brendan, check out his YouTube. We have his bio listed. Um, check out Charity Water. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to um, the first book. And tonight at 8 p.m., we're doing Halloween Squares here on the Goldilocks Productions Network. I hope you guys will tune in. It's a take on Hollywood Squares, and it should be a lot of fun. And that's my show for today. Happy Friday, friends. I love you guys. And I'll see you guys tonight at 8 p.m. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments.
2: Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European Linen